Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are with us and hope that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We have Pastor Geshom continuing our series Going Deeper, which is an in-depth study on the book of Ephesians. We pray that as you listen to the word, it will encourage you in your walk of faith and that it will firmly establish your identity in Christ. Hi church, it's such a joy and a privilege to be bringing God's word to you today. Even as we've continued on in the series going deeper, we're looking into the book of Ephesians, and over the last 2 weeks we've seen Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 2. Uh we saw in, uh, Ephesians 1. The central theme was Paul was, you know, uh asking the Ephesus church, you know, you need to remain in Christ. And that recurring theme was there throughout the entire chapter. I love how uh Jeren spoke and said the fact that you know we need to dwell in him we find everything in him only when we are completely in him can we live out the life that he's called us to live and Paul kind of you know tells the church and encourages the church do like as I done and we saw last week in Ephesians chapter 2 you know how we need to have Jesus with us You know he said if Jesus is with us you know we wouldn't see the uh, divisions that are there in terms of Jews and Gentiles everyone will be one we saw the theme that we can't have prejudices in God's kingdom especially in the church and we saw how Paul was encouraging the church and he said you know the 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 aspect of us being with Jesus is something like fusion where we are fused together with him and in that fusion we kind of get all the qualities of what jesus wants us to have and our christian life always goes through where you know the areas which jesus wants to change in our lives he constantly is working in and through us as much as we allow him to and as we continue on i want us to have uh, our eyes open our ears open but more than that our hearts open because today what we're going to be talking about is uh, on the lines of Ephesians 3 is entirely for us and when i say for us you know last week even as we heard about Jews and Gentiles the biggest contradiction that the early church faced was this message was only for the Jews and there were people like Paul who had risen up in the church and God had given them the mission to go and speak to the Gentiles and we saw that the early church uh, people like Peter who took the first step of walking to Cornelius house and seeing we saw Jesus come alive in the lives of uh, the so-called gentiles and we saw that even before they can be baptized they were filled with the holy spirit there was no particular order if Jesus is given entrance into any place he will come in he will come in like a rushing wind he will come in to change circumstances and today as we look at Ephesians 3 this theme is heavily around gentiles even the very opening which uh, paul tells uh, the ephesian church and opens this particular chapter he says god's marvelous plan for the gentiles the reason why uh, he emphasizes this this entire chapter is many a times we in god's kingdom feel like outsiders the reason being we either have not parted ways from where uh, we came from we are holding on to really tight or somehow you know the inherent nature of us keeps us like a person who's doesn't have citizenship in heaven we you know are constantly in this battle you know in our mind saying that you know what i'm i don't belong here but jesus says you belong here and that keeps 
fighting and we are not at peace. We use life circumstances to dictate if we have Jesus in us or whether we are part of a church or whether we are part of a group of believers. As much as we saw last week, there's no Jew or Gentile. This week it comes down to our everyday living. The identity that we have in Jesus, how do we see it? And so even as I go, I've uh, split the entire reading into three different sections. And as we read, I want us to be alert and see what God has to say for us. So can we start uh, reading from Ephesians chapter 3 verses 1 to 7? I'm reading from the NIV. God's marvelous plan for the Gentiles. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me. That is a mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel members, together of one body and shares together in the promise in Christ Jesus. We all know uh, from chapter one, the introduction that Paul is actually writing his letter sitting in Rome. And it's interesting how he starts the letter saying, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles. Uh, the backstory for this whole thing was Paul was arrested in Jerusalem. And as he was being tried there, he said, I'm a citizen of Rome. And so he appealed to Caesar. And that's how he ends up being in Rome where he writes these letters. And as he's writing these letters, He's recalling his commission that was given upon him by Jesus. He says that I briefly mentioned to you his encounter on the road to Damascus. He says, I was another, you know, a Jew. And as I was going about making sure that the name of Jesus does not spread, Jesus encounters. And when Jesus encounters, he leaves him blind and he's in Damascus. And as he's waiting on that, I believe those seven days with his eyes closed, the only person he could have communicated to would have been Jesus. The only, the last person he heard was Jesus. And the remaining days that he could actually just close his eyes and have no distraction would have been only Jesus. And so when Ananias came to actually meet him, you can see that there was something already happening in Paul and he was called Saul that time. And it's there that God gave him the ministry of taking the gospel to the Gentiles. It didn't happen quickly. It happened over a period of time. But as he took step by step, as he stayed planted three years and then moved into different provinces, God gave him the grace to speak the word of God with clarity. We saw in Ephesians 1, the Ephesian People were, you know, worshipping the uh, man-made idols, literally. Literally people who were the imperials who were there, who were, who were kings but thought they were gods. And he goes to them and says, no, they are not. You need to worship Jesus. You need to worship the true and living king. It's this beautiful thing that we many a times lack. We sometimes feel a lot that, you know, we do not belong here. We do not belong, you know, in this group of community because of certain things, because probably the way they all look at us or probably this, um, the way this entire uh, setup is, you know, the certain restrictions that they have. But beyond that, we all have to 
move above and see from bird's eye view, we all belong to his church. Yes, the church is divided into so many different parts in terms of denominations, in terms of different beliefs as to what they are all upholding to as important and some say it's not important. But the central theme is, if you look at the big picture, the name of Jesus is the one which unites all of them. It's his blood. It's the fact that salvation comes only through Jesus is what brings them all together. And Paul is emphasizing here saying, you are very central to God's plan as Gentiles. You know, the important thing at that time, why there was this huge uh, discord between um, the Jews and the Gentiles, because they all were in captivity. They all were under the Roman emperor and the Roman rule. And so what happens is the Jews were given exemption to not worship these local Roman gods. They were given exemption. They, you know, uh, they were said that because you are direct descendants of Abraham, you can worship your one true God. You know, and so they were given exemptions. But if you notice in history, any governing, um, you know, uh, any any government which governs over an entire area, they are okay as long as it's a small faction. The minute many people get added into it, they know that it'll become a rebellion. It'll soon, you know, it'll become uh, the more the people, the agenda changes. And so, as many as Jews were getting added into the church. A lot of these people felt, you know, the exemption that they were given will be gone. And so there's this huge tension constantly between the Jews and Gentiles in the New Testament because of this. Eventually, there was a clear distinction. The Jews dissociated with themselves and said, no, these, we are followers of Abraham. We follow, you know, the God of Israel. These people are called followers of Christ. And that's how the whole world Christians came into place. And then we see years later where the Roman emperor, in fact, persecutes Christians. And so with this history in mind, you will see that Gentiles didn't have a sense of belonging. They didn't have a sense of, you know what, if I accept Jesus, it looks like they don't want me here. I'm not wanted here. So what is in it for me? And so Paul goes on to say, hey, my work in life entirely after meeting Jesus is to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. So my work was given by Jesus himself. There are a whole bunch of apostles and prophets who've risen up in the early church with this mandate to take the gospel to the far ends of the earth to make sure everyone hears the gospel, everyone hears the good news. You are all part of the kingdom. But let's allow Jesus to be central to everything. It's interesting what he says in reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. Christ came. Christ didn't die just for the Jews. He died for the entirety of human mankind. So today, as I was preparing this chapter, God was reminding me that this chapter is an evangelistic chapter. Evangelistic chapter in the sense all of us have a commission here on this earth. Like Paul, we are called to take the gospel that we've received, the mystery that Christ has revealed to us, because what we read is his revealed scriptures taking you know, life in us that we are called to take this as our mission. If followers of Christ, we have a mission. And that mission is to make Jesus known. That mission is to make sure that Jesus is made aware to everyone around. So what does that look like today? 
A lot of us are contemplating in our own identity. A lot of us are struggling in our own identity. If I have to ask you, you know, no one is really concerned about the fact that I'm a follower of Jesus. No. Everyone is concerned, what do I call myself? What, what, what can I add in that bio? What will people know me as? What will people in my corporate world know me as? You can have every kind of designation. That designation keeps changing. That designation changes on what you do, who you do it for. But the designation that Christ gives you does not change. You are his. You are part of his body. Our identity is found in Jesus. As much as Jesus came and died in Israel, he died for all. The gospel that we speak of is just not for one people group. I want to repeat that the gospel that we speak for is just not for one people group. Today, the gospel that we are partakers of is just not for us who are in Chennai or in Tamil Nadu. It's for the entire nation. It's for the entire world. We can never tell God that I will never share the gospel to someone who is near me. Everyone is called to salvation. So today, the place that God's placed you in, the school teacher you are, the, you know, the office that you're going into, the corporate job that you're around, the clients that you interact with who are not even in this country, you are called and commissioned by Jesus in that very place. You know, you, we always think I need to come on a Sunday or come on a Saturday and come into the four walls of a church to do something for God. No, God wants us to do something wherever we are at. This God who is holy wants us to take his holiness into every sphere wherever we are at. And for a lot of us, it is our, it first starts in our houses. We've dissected our Christian life to say, you know what, this is sacred, this is secular, this, I, I wouldn't mix it. But Jesus didn't come like that to serve two areas. No, he came to save everyone in one common area. Everything is sacred to him. Everything is sacred to him. Our lives are sacred. Our marriage vows are sacred. Our beds are sacred. Our homes are sacred. Our, our, our cars are sacred. Our phones are sacred. So today, don't dissect yourself and say, you know what? I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus and let's not have this uh, identity crisis in our head where we say, you know, we don't belong. Let's go in boldness. And say, God, I've come into church. I know. Thank you for saving me. And I'll go out in boldness knowing that I'm yours. And I'll be a testament of your goodness to everyone around. The one thing which I get from reading and understanding Paul is that what, you know what? I want to be a listener to what God wants to say and do what he asks me to do. I don't want to be a Jonah where I listen to God and do my own thing. No, I want to be a Paul where I listen to him and I do what he asks me to do. Even in the midst of hardship, do it because Jesus told me to do it. God says that he loves everyone. We have our limitations, but the Holy Spirit will cause us to have a desire and a longing to make Jesus known. You know, one of the beautiful things that we uh, oftentimes, you know, a lot of us are probably have traveled abroad or probably have, you know, um, gone there for a holiday or some of us are probably in the midst of uh, applying for a permanent residency or some of us are probably in uh, a, another country, which is not your home country. And you'll realize that sometimes we are content living this life that we are called to live 
as a Gentile on visit visa. Yes, on visit visa. We really don't want to change our visa status or a citizenship status to one that is of Christ. And because on visit visa, you have certain perks. You can go where you want. You can do what you want. You can sightsee whatever you want. You can have all the good things of what you want as a when you're on a visit visa. But when God is calling here the Gentiles and Paul saying, Gentiles, you all belong to the kingdom. He's literally saying, you have citizenship into God's kingdom, which means that when you come into his kingdom, you need to live it out like a citizen there. You don't just come to see everything, the glamour of it and just go out. No, you get to be partakers. You get to be, when things are not going good, we all get to gather around and intercede. When the church is struggling globally, we get to stand on our knees and, you know, intercede for everyone who's being persecuted. This is what happens when we gather around as God's believers. So today, as I mentioned earlier, the identity crisis that Paul was trying to, you know, cater and answer towards the fact that, hey, you all are thinking you're Gentiles and you don't belong here. But look at this. I am carrying the mandate that Jesus has given me to tell everyone, to tell the Gentiles that they are part of the kingdom. He ends it beautifully to say over there where he says, this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and shares together in the promise in Christ Jesus. So today, if you're still having doubts, my thing is ask God. God, I don't have a sense of belonging when I'm with you. And you know, God will change the way we see things. God will change the way we hear things. Because many a times it's in the seeing and hearing that dictates what we really feel, whether we belong or not. Let's not have the mentality of that person who's on a visit visa. But let's have the mentality of a person who's having the citizenship given to him, where he belongs to that land, where he's letting go of his past, where he's saying, you know what, God, I come down to this place where I submit myself entirely and I'll follow whatever you're calling me to do. As I mentioned earlier, in this entire evangelistic approach that Paul's taking in this chapter, there is a mission for all of us. As I told earlier that we all, every sphere we enter in, every place that God's placed us in, irrespective of what our individual status is, whether we feel qualified or not qualified, God wants us to be carriers of his word, be his light in this world, wherever it is, whoever you're called to be. Sometimes you might not have to say anything, but just your very presence is more than enough because the Holy Spirit resides in you. We will never be able to say who we are in Jesus until we know whose we are. And so today I want to leave you that as you've read this first section of the chapter, do you know who you belong to? He's bought you with a price. He's ransomed you, which means you belong to him. And Paul constantly keeps addressing this beautifully. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. He is our master. In this Christian walk, We are set free, but we acknowledge that we are here living on mission and Jesus is our master. He is the general. He is the one who gives the blueprint. He is the one who has the direction and the way in which we have to do the warfare. Let us be obedient and have the attitude of listening and obeying 
our master we are so concerned and directed to build our identity here which is temporary but let's be concerned and more you know enthusiastic about building our identity in jesus because that sets us up for eternity that sets us up for eternity can we move on to the second section of the uh, passage i'm going to read it goes on to say in ephesians chapter 3 verse 7 to 13 i became a servant of this gospel by the gift of god's grace given to me through the working of his power although i am less than the least of all of lord's people this grace was given to me to preach to the gentiles the boundless riches of christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery which for ages past was kept hidden in god who created all things his intent was that now through the church the manifold wisdom of god should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in christ jesus our lord in him and through faith in him we may approach god with freedom and confidence i ask you therefore do not be discouraged because of my sufferings for you which are your glory as i mentioned earlier in the beginning paul continues to go on to identify himself as a servant of the gospel and that's purely because of god's grace which was given as a gift he didn't have to earn it and so today all of our salvation experience we haven't earned it yes our we we feel guilt we feel a lot of things which you know um, moves us to understand that we need a savior but when god gives us the grace and accepts us it's a gift we don't that's why we constantly say it's a gift which we didn't have to earn anything we can't repay it and that's how paul received it and he says you also have to receive it a lot of us hesitate to receive gifts because we feel if someone gifts us something we'll feel indebted to them we they will expect a gift in return and so with that mindset we always look at jesus that way what does jesus expect in return if we understand that he has saved us from hell's fire to live with him in eternity we would do everything we can because that's a gift which we cannot even pay back in any sort the only way we get to pay him back is by living it out here on this earth and that was a choice it's not forced on you get to choose paul says that he was the least and in the eyes of humans around people would have been wondering how did this guy get to go and preach why is this guy preaching wasn't he the one who was targeting the christians earlier he could be labeled there would be so many preconceived notions in all are you know behind all his listeners but it's the grace that god had given him and the mission that god had given him that turned him around to be a witness to the gentiles and so today we are part of god's plan as i mentioned this this entire chapter deals with the whole idea of gentiles because there was a severe identity crisis when they came into the kingdom of god so today for those of you who've you know uh, new to faith let your identity be in jesus and may you try living it out in the community that god's placed you in paul talks here of a freedom that he's received because he's accepted this gift from jesus because he's accepted this gift of salvation and many a times we love just being show pieces 
you know if i have to take a few words today and say what we describe we say you know what our history is now his story we like those kind of phrases we like god's taken all my hurts my my uh, my brokenness and everything and he's created something be- beautiful right now and many a times we are so you know caught up in being this beauty piece but the purpose of god redeeming you is not about keeping you on a showcase and saying you know what that person is a christian look at how he is it's not about showing off but rather it's about being purposeful god's saving grace is for us to be made into a purposeful piece not into a beautiful piece we get so caught up because a lot of us in this christian world who are followers of christ are so caught up in portraying ourselves right in portraying ourselves like we've got everything put together but god's looking at us are we purposeful the vessel that god's shaping us to be are we adamant and saying god i want to be on the shelf i want to tell people you know what i've got it all or are we saying god my the container size is big use me as much as i can drench me in take me in pour me out because that's what god wants to do and that's what paul did constantly to a community of believers and that's where he's encouraging them he's telling i feel inadequate many a times but it's christ's love that surrounds me and the intent of why he saved me is so clear to preach this good news his intent was then was that now through the church the manifold wisdom of god should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our lord last week we saw a same portion of the scripture being emphasized in chapter 2 where we don't see things in the spiritual realm at all so today what has god done in you that you are not willing to be purpose full for him in his kingdom because if you're not seeing it through the eyes of the heavenly realms you're missing out on it entirely we'll be so caught up in the physical of you know what i need to portray to the world i've got my family together i need to portray to the world you know what i'm put together everything is going good for us no let's not be hypocrites where we try showing that we've got it all together and inside we are broken inside we are in a bad shape but let's be honest because the minute we are honest people know we are genuine and they know that god is doing something in and through us paul goes on to say that by god bringing salvation to the whole of mankind his manifold wisdom is made known through the church the church is a local body in each city we have different churches but to jesus is this one unified body that he's coming for it's his one group of believers across the globe people in africa people in europe people in north america and south america people in australia people in southeast asia we all are going to gather together on the day and see him face to face and when we see him face to face we will realize what the church really looks like we've dissected the church based on our pressing needs based on things that are convenient for us based on man's desire and wants we've dissected the church based on language social standing in india it's on caste on color on ethnicity on political biases no longer 
no longer. We cannot. If we have to live out the New Testament, the New Testament lives out in diversity. The New Testament lives out in this tension that's always there in God's kingdom. That's this tension always there. And we see the Spirit of God guides us through it. So the church is meant to have its diversity to showcase that this is only possible and accomplished in Christ Jesus. Mindsets change in the church. As much as it changes before we know Christ, after we know Christ, there's constantly a mindset change that's changing. Because we can never fathom the story of redemption at all. We can never say, you know what, this is not redeemable. To Christ, everything is redeemable. So maybe never put the full stop there, but maybe lean on to the Holy Spirit and ask him, God, what do you want us to do in this situation? Paul emphasizes the Ephesian church here. He says, as being Gentiles, as you follow Jesus, don't think, you know, because of me being in prison, it stops over here. No, continue following Jesus. Let not my suffering stop you. Let not my suffering and the hardship that I'm going through dictate your faith. He says, do not be discouraged. He wants the church not to be discouraged because of his suffering. He wants them to see Jesus and the plan that is there through the suffering that he's going through. When we are about doing things for Jesus, wherever we are, we can be assured that we'll go through hardship. That we cannot be discouraged because Jesus' plan for his church, for us, is far bigger than the suffering or the hardship that we are currently going through. It does not dictate our end destination. Our suffering and you know, hardship does not dictate the destination that we are going towards. It is just a hiccup on that journey. But let's be confident. And Paul tells, and today a lot of us are discouraged and you know, giving up on church because of what others have gone through. Scared because of hearing what others have gone through. Or scared because there are people who we thought are living out the life that they have called, but they've, you know, fallen short of it. Let not someone else's journey dictate our journey and our faith that we have in Jesus. The church was never meant to look up to mankind at all. It was only meant to look up to Jesus. So today, if your faith is getting disturbed when people across are falling around in their faith, it's for us to relook. Is my faith really on Jesus? Have I been really listening and reading and understanding his word or have I been dependent on someone else for the interpretation of his word? Have I started following a leader or am I actually following Jesus? Yes, the, the fall is big, the hardship is big, but our faith cannot be uprooted because of that. Our faith is deeply rooted because we know the price that Jesus paid. I just want to encourage you, church, right now. As Paul wrote that, as he is in hardship to the church, today, what is holding us back? Has fear held us back? Has fear stopped the Holy Spirit from moving in the church? Because a lot of us have given so much room to fear and very little room to the Holy Spirit. And we cannot sense what God is doing in the church right now because we're given into fear. Are we scared of persecution? Are we scared of calamity, epidemic, strife, war, hatred, changing governments? The Bible clearly tells nothing 
can and will stop what the Holy Spirit has to do within the church. All of this existed in the early church and in the churches after that. But the Holy Spirit has been constant throughout. He's still rewriting history. He's still redeeming every story. Every story. He's not left any story unturned. He's turning it for the good and causing people to have faith in Jesus and move on. So today, I want us to have an encouragement that, you know, in the midst of hardship, as Paul went through that hardship, as followers of Jesus, like we associate ourselves as Gentiles, may we never be discouraged, but may we stand strong in who Jesus called us to be. So today as a church, we want to be a healthy church. A healthy church is where, when you read the New Testament, where when they are impacted, when, when, there's a, when there's a you know sudden collision with persecution and suffering and hardship, it does not crumble. It rather gets on its knees and then they spread even more. They rise up even more. And that's what verse 13 is all about, that encouragement that Paul gives. Today, may we hold on to that. And there's a Interesting way, case that Paul builds later on from verse 14 to verse 21 onwards. He says that there's a way in which he gives himself entirely. And I believe this is a solution for all of us today. For a lot of us who are having that identity crisis as followers of Christ, where we don't, we don't feel like we belong. For those of us who are struggling inwardly in our spirit, our spirit is not at rest. There's a solution for that. And for those of us who, you know, have this aching pain because of some of the things that we've gone through amongst our own believers that we are willing to write off God completely. He wants us to read this remaining chapter and take a stand and say, can we ask God to work in and through us? So Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14 to 19 this is what it says. For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that, this, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love that surpasseth knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. Paul closes this entire chapter and it's more like a prayer where he says, can you commit yourself to this triune God? I love how he he he's already identified himself as a servant, but here he talks about his posture in front of this triune God. He says in front of the father, we kneel before him in submission to everything that he wants to do in and through us. When the position of us kneeling is literally us laying everything down. If you watch these period dramas and in a king's court, you'll see that anyone who approaches the king, the first thing they do is they bow down. Bow down is probably just not a greeting, but it's also to say we are under you. Today, a lot of us are standing tall in front of the father and saying, you know what? I am my own. Probably it's time we knelt down and said, God, I'm here to submit to you. Father, I'm here to submit to you. You are the one who's created everything. You hold time in your hands. So have we submitted ourselves to the father? 
what is our stance in front of our heavenly father are we kneeling and accepting his lordship not our intellect not our crowns our achievements but are we accepting his lordship the second breakdown that paul gives is that he says it's the holy spirit the holy spirit strengthens our inner man and the life events that happen which breaks us it's the spirit of god that can work in and through that and shape it for good verse 16 he says i pray that the glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being a lot of us today are dying in our inner being because the the heaviness the impact of all that we've suffered or all that we've been through in life our inner man is the one which is borne the brunt of it a lot of us today are giving up are feeling depressed because our inner man is broken can the spirit of god come in and fall in like a fresh wind has the injustice of this world have the people closest to you broken your inner man is our inner man weak because jesus has not come through through some of the prayers that we prayed and asked for verse 16 i pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being today god wants to deal with that hurt with whatever that's the crisis that's happening in our inner being and the third thing that paul says is we need to be rooted and established in christ we need to have our faith exercised when we are under the love of christ i love how uh, he talks about christ's love it surpasses our knowledge so today let's not try to understand christ's love but let's just experience christ's love it's more of oil being poured i remember talking about this in our pentecost sunday we enjoy god's love it's poured over us let's not try to calculate what is the intensity what is the density what is the flow rate no it surpasses our knowledge paul goes on to say what how can you measure christ's love you can't measure it's wide it's long it's deep it's high we all are experiencing love from our loved ones which is so limited which is so conditional which is so uh, you know depending on the environment they blow hot or they blow they blow hot or they blow cold but christ's love is consistent we can go to him and we will have his love with us verse 17 as i read so that christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and i pray that you being rooted and established in love may you have power together with all the lord's holy people it doesn't say you will have love just alone it says with god's holy people so today we are not as i mentioned you are not here on visit visa you don't get to come and just enjoy the good aspects of the church and get out no your citizenship is changed you get to start from ground up it's like you taking a pr moving into a country you don't know where to start but you're starting but you're dependent on jesus you're dependent you don't know what kind of work you're going to do you don't know where you're going to what kind of life you're going to have but as you stay in that country as you you know work as you figure a way out 10 years from there you moved from point a to point g then after another 10 years from g to l 
And that's how progression looks. And that's how progression happens in God's kingdom. By us walking into God's kingdom, we are not going to go to our destination immediately. It's a lifelong journey. And we need to be rooted and established in Christ. You know, as I conclude, I left those two verses, Ephesians 20 and 21, to be read in the end. And I, as it comes on the screen, I would encourage us all to read it, wherever you're seated at. You know, this, this, this journey that Paul is talking to the Gentiles and saying, you know, we are all Gentiles, but remember that Christ has purchased us. We are one. We are one now. We may not be feeling it because you're not born into it, but we are adopted into God's family. And so he concludes with this praise, with this thanksgiving. And I believe it's a prayer we all can pray over our lives. Because many a times we are so caught up saying, God, what is my life going to amount to if I follow you? What is my end going to look like? But Paul's writing here is to say God has everything in his hands. He will do far more than what we can think or imagine. This was the verse that we had taken uh, in 2020, Ephesians 3.20. And it's in that year of hardship, we as a church were able to claim this verse and we saw God come through. But today, as we are reading it in sequence from Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, it makes even more sense because many of us have an identity crisis. We fail to receive Jesus in and make him ours because we don't know where we will be at at the end of it. But Jesus wants us to trust him. So even as a verse comes up now, can we all read verse 20 and 21 together? Now to him who is able to immeasurably more than all we are, ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. So today your dreams, your desires, if it's according to God's will, it will happen. It will happen in such a way which we will never be able to recreate it or keep it as a template even. It will be something where we will have to rely on Jesus time and again and hope in him. So today, church, even as I close and as I pray, I'm going to pray specifically as Paul gave this exaltation to the Ephesians church. I'm going to pray over all of us. That God, may our identity be secure in you. May our identity be strengthened in you. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done. But if you've had those doubts, if you've had that doubt, God, I don't belong here. I walk in, I, I, can, I know that you've called me, but when I walk into a community of believers, I don't feel like I belong. You belong here. All of us belong here. As I mentioned, may, may our man-made structures not Cause us to find room, but maybe find room in Jesus and let the church always make room for everyone. Because it's Jesus who redeems, it's Jesus who saves, it's Jesus who corrects, it's Jesus who judges. It's not us. We are all called to journey along and do life together and to see Jesus come, be made known and use us. This chapter is one of evangelism where we don't take the mandate God's given to us lightly. 
Paul didn't take it lightly and that's why he was able to boldly tell the Ephesian church in the midst of suffering let not your faith be shaken keep doing what you're called to do live the faith that you've called to live today a lot of us have taken a back seat because our parents have been mistreated in church or our parents have lost faith in people i want to encourage you today your faith in jesus is so that you will be able to reach the destination let not circumstances situations and things around dictate it and as i concluded earlier mudriga to the father spirit and the son maybe come to the father in all humility and bow down and say lord we are here to receive and serve you you are our king you are our lord let the spirit work and change our inner being the inner being is what everyone of us hesitate to open up around we can only the holy spirit gets to see it and he is willing to change and let the f- christ love and let christ love surround us may we never try to quantify it but may we be soaked in it so that we'll be able to understand what Christ wants us to do. So church, can I just close right now? Our loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this time. Lord, even as we read your word, I pray that, Lord, as it resonates into our spirit man this entire week, I pray you would work in us. I pray, Lord, for every spirit of abandonment, every spirit of orphan spirit that's out there, that, Lord, you would change it right now. I pray those who feel orphaned in your faith, those who feel orphaned in their identity in you, that you would change them right now. I pray specifically for those who are grappling and who have made their earthly identity uh, their God. I pray that they will ask for forgiveness right now, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, if they have taken their human identity as one of importance, I pray that, Lord, they will repent and come down and find their identity in you. maybe lord remember the price that you paid for us maybe be in awe and wonder of what you've done for us lord i pray we wouldn't quantify your love for us with our minds we can't understand it and i pray that lord if there are areas in our life where we need change i pray holy spirit would you change us would you restore us lord would you work in us i pray specifically for people who've been show pieces all these time show pieces on shelves lord jesus thinking and portraying themselves as if they've got everything together i pray they will be there'll be a shift in them to become a purposeful vessel to you they'll start being used by you lord jesus in ways they can't imagine lord and i believe lord as we read in verse 20 you will do immeasurably more than we can ask or think and i pray that over the church that we will experience it lord everyone's life will be far more than what they have thought or imagined I pray that Lord for those who are quietly struggling and suffering right now and are questioning whether they belong in your kingdom I pray may they be encouraged knowing that Christ still loves them and is there for them and that they'll be holding on to the faith and not giving up on Lord we thank you be with us bless us I pray that you would be with us as we step out in this week strengthen us go before us I pray for each and everyone who's listening right now wherever they're seated at in their car and in, in travel or if they're seated at their homes right now let your anointing fall i pray you would consecrate their homes right now may their homes become one of holy ground may their hearts become one of holy ground lord jesus we thank you go before us and strengthen us in your most holy name we pray amen amen so as you start this week our prayer is that god will be with you god will strengthen you and don't have this spirit of not belonging you belong in Jesus Christ 
we are all called to the table come in enjoy the journey jesus wants to be with you as paul mentioned and as the bible says he will do far more than we can think or imagine only if we allow christ jesus to be lord and savior of our lives so i would encourage you step out in boldness if you need prayers we are here as a church to pray with you we are here to journey along with you and i pray that god will strengthen you along the way have a blessed week and god bless you thanks for listening to this message we hope you were blessed to hear more messages like this make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes if you like what you are hearing consider rating us subscribing and even sharing it with friends that would really help us for more content from we are zion and to connect with us go to weazion.in remember whoever finds jesus finds life